I just like yeah. that everybody got here on time, including myself. Well, here we are, and we're recording. There's four of us now. Yeah, Dwight, Dwight showed up an hour late for the last one, but okay, I guess his invite got confused. But hey, anyway, here we are. And it, and it honestly, guys, it's going to be kind of a panel again, kind of, but not with like hypothetical questions like it was last time. Um, the first thing we're going to do today is start off with a little drama. Drama, drama. A little dental drama. You guys ready? That's like our I whole love drama. I love yeah, chaos and drama. We know because I actually got this fodder from your your email to me or your text to me last night. Oh, good. And so oh, PD. PD. this is yeah, this is what Let's I do. Another complaint? No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me give context. So Craig, as we know, loves to his dopamine gets released by social media content. So he likes to be involved and watch dental discussions. And I love that he does this, honestly, because I am absent in, in those because I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's good, right? Yeah. But, but Craig, is, Craig does it. It's good he does. It's it. good that he does. Yeah, it's good that yeah, you get down in like, those listen, to it's toxic. Good, it's not good to be a mind sweeper, but it's good that Craig walks into minefield. Yeah, for sure. Because it paves the way for others. All right. So I'm going to put something up on the screen and we're going to talk about it. And, and, and I'm not going to give any off into a little bit of a tangent, by I, the way, I know it did. I know it did, but it was, it was to me when I was, it was mind blowing because of the mindset of most people. And granted, this is on Facebook and it's not probably the mindset of the listeners or the people who attended Bulletproof Summit, those kind of people, but it is the mindset of our industry. And so it's, it's shocking to me. All right. So here we go. I'm going to add it to the stream. Let me one second to modify this. Okay. So this is on Facebook group. And it said, why, I guess the anonymous member post this, why would anyone buy 7% of a dental practice in an incredible location? Why would anyone, the guys oh, for confirmation. Would anyone, yeah, sorry, Craig. Would anyone buy 7% of a dental practice in this incredible location for 500 grand with a guarantee of $350,000 yearly salary and yearly profit distributions at 500, I'm sorry, no, 50,000 50, to, 50, to 120. Just asking, because this is how it looks for me now working in a DSO and I'm looking in my retirement planning. So, okay, so let me just let me okay, just jump, jump in, in for a second. So fifty to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars of profit distribution on five hundred grand is ten to twenty four percent cash on cash, cash on cash. Yes. Right. All right. Don't don't so get now. Me look, now let's look at now. Let's read the comments. This right. is the part that blew my mind. I would never buy seven. So the first one is this gentleman. Just initials MR. I would never buy seven percent of anything for five hundred k. You can buy an average practice and build it into, build it into making way more, way more, way more. The next, the next comment, absolutely not. First thing you ask, have to ask yourself is who is ever going to sell seven? Who are you ever going to sell 7% to? Sounds like you're paying the DSO an incredible valuation. Um, it just keeps going, right? So like the, the best part here, why would anyone buy a dental practice for $7 million? Heck no. You can buy the whole dang practice for 500K and not have to give any equity to anyone. Is this real life? Why would you pay them to be your associate? Is, and there, so is the practice worth $7 million? That's what the valuation is? Sounds like a ripoff. And then she proceeded to say, the practice is the practice shaped like a pyramid, isn't it? Like, and this, so this is yeah. this GF of someone saying, like, oh, this is a pyramid scheme. All right. So anyway, it keeps I, going I and like, going and going. And Finally, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm just getting blown away by the naivety of- Wait, uh, one more, by the way. Okay. $7.1 million valuation for one location. If someone tried to offer me free ownership of 15%, I ran, I would run, or I ran from. Yeah. 
Oh. Math doesn't make sense. What math have you seen? This math guy, doesn't make math sense. That's right. Doesn't make sense. Says, the math doesn't make sense. If you're listening to this, right, it's a little hard to follow along, right? Because the YouTube version is better. I've got the screenshots up of the actual phone screenshots that Craig sent me. So finally, I'm reading this. I'm like, oh my God. And, I, and Craig, you didn't tell me that you had responded. And then when I saw you, I was like, oh, here it goes. Here it goes. And I saw Craig's <laughs> comment. It was Craig. And, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. Here he is. And he's like, response to this question does anyone who answered own any stocks thank you what percentage of the company do you think you own if you invest 10,000k in tesla or 10k in tesla and it grows to 100k why would you care if you own 0.000001% of the total company it's about return on investment if these numbers are being represented accurately a 10 to 24% return on capital is epic. Additionally, the capital appreciation isn't being considered. If his equity grows over time, that's an even higher rate of return. I really believe in the company. If I really believe in the company and the numbers, I take this deal all day long. No one responds to Craig. No one responds. Yeah. Not even a like. Not even <laughs> it's like. too rational. Not, it's too it, rational. You know, honestly, what happened is someone was like, like, wasn't, wasn't the let's throw trash at this narrative, therefore, like, we don't like this noise kind of thing. So no one disliked it. No one challenged you because you were obviously, like, the only adult in the room on this and, uh, and someone who, like, you obviously evaluated it through the lens of an investment. But, like, this is unfortunately, this is unfortunately, like, the narrative and this is the way the mindset. Like, why would you buy something for seven? Why would you, why would you give something a $7 million valuation when it's, Go buy something for five hundred thousand. Like why people always, buy, people why, always. Why would you buy this? Why would you buy two hundred acres for seven million if you could buy one acre for one million? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know this is why. Let me just make a general statement here. Like this is why when people ask me, "Oh, how is dentistry consolidating so quickly? Yeah. How, how, how is it that Dwight, you believe that consolidation is going to read?" 80% or above it's because it's a filled with it's an industry oh, filled with dimwits who don't understand basic business that's so one location for 7 million math does not make sense what math what math yeah. so disney world arithmetic. is one location does not make sense yeah. all right disney well world, disney world is one location well How i'll, I'll say this yeah. and this has always stuck with me an accounting firm came to our you know our fourth year class in dental school and i'll never forget the statistic they came up and they said of the dentists that, that approached them wanting to retire, the average dentist has $400,000 in their retirement. And that's it, you know, whatever age, 60 or so, right. wanting right. to retire early. And you have that. Why does that happen? Because of math like that or <laughs> thoughts like that. All right. So I look, it's scary though. It just, it is it just scary. shows it how. Is. I mean, how little. I mean, that's an amazing return. Like, guys, what are you like? If I told you, if you believed in a company or a property or, a, you know, let's say an LP, a limited partner in investment, what number would you be very happy with if you really felt like it's a guaranteed return? What's the percentage that you'd be happy with? Peter, you go first. Like what right now? Obviously, risk-free rate of turn, 6 7%. Like where are you stoked? If I were to take some, some dry powder and deploy it, where would I be happy in? Yeah. 11%. I'd be really happy with 11. You should be. As a return, yeah, is that what you're asking, yeah, and I think in today's market, like that would be, you know, that that you could find that pretty ten or a bomb. Okay. By the way, Peter yeah. just texted me on the side. Don't be a rookie and use the right microphone. 
Change it off. Change it <laughs> this off. is these are the love messages I get from Pete. Are you happy? A little bit more baritone. My favorite is that every love message he sends you, you still just repeat. So yeah, Pete, so just, just say it out loud. Look, I was trying not. I was trying not to make you look like no nuts. And so you, I don't care. I like to make me look like no nuts. Dwight, what's your risk-free? Ri what's your rate of return? I Honestly, at this point in time, right now, anything right. above ten, okay, really solid. I so mean, ten to twenty-four, pretty decent, right? I just want to make sure I'm not alone on this. And and Trey, go go for yours. What I agree. Deal? Over ten right now, I'll take it. So would you take that deal as an associate, seven percent equity in that deal, five hundred grand, with if you really did believe? And you can, the thing about evaluating your own private company that you're working in is you have insider knowledge. If this person was working in a publicly traded company, he would be under SEC regulations and would not be able to make a purchase like in the same way. Right. So as a right. private investor, we have purview into everything. Are the hygiene schedules busy? Yep. Can I see the numbers, how it was? Two, yeah, three inside years information, right? You have inside information to make a decision like this. So the fact that this poor person got completely annihilated, I hope this person read the comment or maybe when the maybe when the podcast airs we'll put it back on that chat that thread it'll probably be blocked but it, i just feel like this poor person's getting such bad information like you know maybe it's not a great deal maybe the returns aren't they're juiced or they're not as good as they are being represented but let's just say for the sake of argument that it's a healthy seven million dollar practice and they have great leadership teams and great systems and businesses that is much better than owning a hundred percent of a five hundred thousand dollar practice. Not to I mention mean, the skewed perspective that like it's not possible that a single location is worth that much. I'm like multiple people on this call. I know multiple doctors that have single locations that are worth more than that, to say the okay, least. So correct. like it's just kind so, of mind blowing. So here, here's where I think the disconnect is personally is that we've never been taught. This is a fractional ownership versus the narrative of dentistry is like, oh, I'm gonna buy in. And it's always been you hear like, um. Oh, 50 50 with this partner now right i'm buying in or i'm just buying the practice and i think actually like as someone who's done a lot of fractional partnerships it's actually a much safer so this scenario right here is far safer from a from a risk management situation than a 50 50 scenario in the same dollar per dollar money being equal yield being equal all the things this is a much safer scenario yeah so i agree like the percentage idea is just shows the unsophisticated nature of the group. I mean, as an LP, I've been a limited partner in several investment deals. It's what's the minimum? Okay, the minimum's X number of thousands of dollars. Okay, I want to do a little bit more than that. I have never asked the question, what percentage of the LP do I own? Right, because you don't. Because I'm a small I'm guy. I might own half of a percent. It's immaterial, right? You're focused right. on the ROI. But right. the fact, when I start reading that, the fact that it's, that they're buying in only 7% is actually my first trigger to say, wow, this must be a really successful practice because yeah. I can't have somebody come in, a general practicing doctor associate and come in and buy 50% of my practices or 25% or it's very uncommon for somebody to be able to afford that much, which is why well, they're getting well, 7%. Also Dwight, we don't know the principal in this, meaning the principal owner in this and either they're really smart or they're just trying to get, they're trying to do a solid for the associate, meaning I want you to have a chip on the table. You've put in the work, right? I want to get it down to where it's an affordable amount with $500,000 buy-in, right? At 7% of that, you know, versus being like, hey, you know, 20% is going to be 1.6, whatever, right? Yeah. Like you wanted to make it. A, so this person that could be the principal in this, in the. Uh, is it an actual DSO? I, I don't. I, well, that's what the question was. But okay. I mean, also like look at startup risk. 
too. Like when you're when you're a venture fund and you're looking to fund a startup, a pre-profit, pre-revenue startup, like a dental practice, like, well, for 500, open your own thing. Holy shit. Like we all know what it's like when we first started opening our practices and hoping yeah. the phone to ring and all that. I mean, there is a certain amount of risk that is sunset when you have a practice that's reached the 7 million mark. I mean, I would personally rather own a smaller percentage of a well-established thriving business, dollars being equal, than own a majority of a startup at this point in my career. So if 500 grand buys me a smaller percentage of a very well-oiled machine or buys me 100% of a startup, I mean, I don't want to deal with all that. So it's just a talking point to the narrative being so pervasive and the lack of understanding that we as dentists have that people are so sure about the math when the math wasn't even presented. All the only math was investment and return. That's it. Can we go to, Craig, do you mind if I'm going to use you again? Um, can we go through? So the other day you called me and you were kind of like in a, not, not a tizzy, but you were, you were questioning the investment in your practice for the expansion you're doing. Yeah, it's just, I think. Well, uh, can, I, can I keep unpacking it a little bit? or do you Yeah, but can to? I just clarify? Because it wasn't really a tizzy. It was just. Okay, well, that's, that's my limited vocabulary. Okay. Yeah. It was just, it's just, it's not for the same linear exchange of an investment to profit as the conversation we just had before 500 right. grand, 50 sure. to 120 K in return. That's sexy as hell. Well, when we had the, here's, here's where I'm going with this. We actually just had a comment on YouTube from someone who was like, Hey, I really like that. The four things, the way to evaluate an investment. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Because Craig and I actually like not recorded, had a conversation and we kind of just went through that, right, to help. Because sometimes you don't know, like, hey, is this a good deal in the dental practice? Should I buy in? Or, hey, is this a good piece of investment? Or, hey, what should I do? And I think, like, we talked about that Hormozy thing, Dwight. Yeah. And you kind of being in, you know, knowing him personally. And I was like, Craig, let's just kind of go through this framework and oh, see if it's really helpful, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. You're, yeah, you're me of me. the way you evaluated it. Yeah, and it was helpful for me. I was like, look, let's just, as opposed to going with your gut and saying, like, oh, this expansion of my office is going to be really expensive. Let's go through, let's get away from emotion for a second, right? And let's go away from your gut feeling and let's just go through kind of the four topics that we talked about. And so those four topics, and it's a way, it's a framework to kind of look through all things, dental practice, expansion, acquisition, potentially any, any, any uh, alternate investments. And so the first thing is yield. You're going to look at um, the second thing is the appreciation of that investment or the appreciation potential. The third thing is the downside protection. What downside protection do you have? And then the fourth is what tax efficiencies is this investment going to produce? Okay. And so Craig's expansion is very large. Well, I should say the price tag is 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 very large. I think you're adding on how many ops, Craig? You're saying five. Just just five. Just five. But it's meeting space for him and it's really yeah. It's a lot more square footage because of the way I designed the building. It's requiring me to add a lot of square footage. That's more than the ops, uh, but it's more square footage. Are you comfortable op. talking about the, the price tag? Yeah, sure. I'll talk about all of it. Yeah. Okay. Tell us. How so much it's, well, so my space is going to be 10 years old coming this December. So my belief is that dentistry is more like retail than healthcare and it needs a it needs a refresh. I don't think my spaces are, they need to be updated and there's different things I want to do from a design standpoint. So we're interior remodel. So 13,000 square feet of interior remodel reconfiguring because we didn't understand what we'd need. Dwight, you know that you've remodeled your building several times. Already. So we're going to have dedicated doctor spaces, a lot more administrative spaces. It's 3,800 square feet additional. Five more operatories are going in there. 
we're building a lab. Our lab right now is maybe in 600 square feet. That'll be 1,200 square feet. And the price tag's probably going to be like four and a half million to do that. So remodeling 13,000 square feet, adding five ops and adding bolting on to the outside. Yeah, how, so would, how would that work if no single location could be worth 7 million? Well, we're 6.9 and we're going to stretch to seven. So it'll be good. So per square foot, anyone who's doing quick math is like, holy shit, that's well over a thousand dollars a square foot, right? Yeah. It's specialty space. But like you think of that and you're like, oh my God, that's like beachfront each front real estate kind of thing. And at first, like my knee jerk reaction, Craig, just in full disclosure, when you told me that was like, I would never do that. And then <laughs> as we started, talking, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you have hold a good poker face because you're like, when I told you like, yeah, man, that's yeah, you go. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. but that's, but that's for you because I know what it means for you. I know how much you enjoy going there. Like I don't look at it the same framework and, and look, sometimes your dollars have to buy you some happiness. And I know your office creates a lot of happiness. You like being there. And so I was like, look, you're the king of the kingdom, like build, expand the kingdom. You know, like, I, I think this is a really important conversation. I, if, if someone on the mastermind brought these numbers up, you might, you might have some words beat with them, right? Mm -hmm. Right off the bat, because you would have to know Craig to the level and his environment and what he's drawn and what he's created and all that. And what he's capable of. Capable and the I've, seen his, I've seen Craig's ground game. I've seen how people respond. I've seen and the team, the do. established team, right? And so, so, so it's not, the investment for him is not the same as it would be for me per se, right? Right. Right. It's so it's a lot, this kind of investment is a lot safer with him because he's boots on the ground. He's going to be sure he's going to be energy going to be the energy bus in this environment and it's going to be yeah. good for him. And I, so we went through, I was like, okay, let's take your emotion out of it and let's go through the framework. And he was like, all right, I mean, I guess. And so I was like, okay, so first off, what is the yield going to be? And we kind of broke it down, right? All right. If we have five more ops, right. I'm going to expect, you know, my average yield per operatory is about 500 K per year. So the yield, you know, here's the expense. We looked at the debt service and we said, okay, the yield is probably going to be pretty anemic in the beginning, even, even at 500 K. And we thought, we thought, okay, well, it's not going to be 500 K immediately because well, realistically downgrade the yield. I, I, I right, because of the build scenario. Well, yeah, you thought, I, we thought I, because, I think... Hey, you don't just get instantly busy. Right. At, when you build right, something. but we're we're running over 600 grand per op so i'm like okay that's not going to happen so let's let's go worst case scenario at 500 because it might just be a lot of hygiene that's what i was doing but go ahead so you and ran a healthy utilization rate yes yeah yes and, and then we took that and said the yield okay and so the yield was going to be you know especially at today's interest rates and stuff it was going to be anemic in the beginning right we i think craig we were kind of in three range right Three four range in terms of sure. the yield. Three. I'm saving everyone the math. But then four hundred. No, I'm saying as a, as a percentage of. As a you percent. Know. Are you saying that that day one you're looking at three or four percent? No, 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 no. Um, I'm confused at where you're going. Like the yield well, on the investment from the you know. So let's call five operatories five hundred thousand dollars. I'm sorry, two point five million rather, and then a twenty percent profit. Like if I'm just worst case scenario because of all the extra expenses. It's 500 grand. So 500 right. grand on 4.8 million, not very exciting. Right. Minus your debt service. And so Minus the like, debt all right, well, that's yeah. okay. So that's pretty anemic, but then it's not as good as the DSO question, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so the yield, so we checked off the box of the yield of being like, okay, it's acceptable given that it's going to be inching forward, right? Every year it's going to become as, as the payment, as the principal gets abated, right? In, a, in this environment it's going to be a good investment. It's going to be increasing year over year. 
as well as the second point, which is the appreciation. So inside this inside this his ecosystem, right, bolting it on to his already existing practice, he's able to kind of have appreciation instantly. Um, so we were able to check that off. And when I say instantly, I mean meaning that 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 a dental practice real estate is is very valuable, right? Because you have long-term leases, you are dependable tenants, right? Whether it's him or his son or a DSO or, or a corporate thing, whoever owns Spodak Dental next will have a very predictable asset, right? It's the same reason that that Chick-fil-A's right now are still selling guys for three and a half percent cap rates. It's crazy. It right, even though even though you can get more in a T bill, you can get more yield in a T bill. And by the way, as a triple net investor that owns a Chick-fil-A, there's no intrinsic value of owning a Chick-fil-A. Like a Taco Bell is still going to pay their rent. They're not going to likely go out of business. But why is a Taco Bell less valuable than a Chick-fil-A? It doesn't right. matter. You don't get a percentage of your sales. The fact right. that you, have, <laughs> you don't own part of that Chick-fil-A. Yeah, just because they have a line around the corner, your real estate is still the real estate. So it's funny, these other intrinsic qualities that make people like things outside of their quantity. Okay. So we, we like the appreciation over time, right? Like the building, the rent was going to be increased. The, the, no, he froze. Oh, so, so yeah. Rent yeah, component's going to increase clearly. Yeah. The rent component will increase clearly. But the first thing that he said, the return on capital is not sexy. Right. You know what For I mean? Sure. Like, so sure. with the interest rate being in the low sevens is what I was quoted already the return on the capital is like super anemic. It's like yeah. below the risk-free rate of turn, right. uh, rate of return. So it's not, it's not for that reason. So I needed some, that was the reason why, like Pete just said, I was like in a tizzy. Cause I'm like, if you look at it straight back in the napkin math, return on investment, I'd be better off, you know, putting that money, doing a variety of what that other guy was doing at that, that, that rate of return. So, but I think the thing that pushed me over the edge was, uh, the idea that I'm going to do a cost seg, of course, a cost right. segregation analysis. So my tax burden is significant right now. And it eats me up because, you know, I know that our debt is a hundred thousand dollars per person for the country yeah. and we're just spending that out of control. So taxes, a tax efficient place right now. So doing a cost seg and offsetting the taxes is another compelling a, thing. You're going to have but, about like what a million and a half. Yeah. Uh, I'd say like a third, potential. right? Yeah, yeah. I'd say about yeah. a third. But yeah. the biggest thing and what my buddy Michael really helped me with and Pete just kind of crystallized it for me is like, listen, we always say in business, you're either growing or dying. There's no coast. And as a retail establishment, which we all are, we all run retail establishments, uh, we have to innovate or die. Right. And regardless on the back of the napkin math, return on investment, regardless of the tax efficiency, I have to do this. I have to reinvent. I have to keep pushing forward. and. It's an interesting time for me because, you know, financially a little bit more set and it's way out of my comfort zone to reinvest at this magnitude. But I think, and you guys have done re, re, retro, uh, refits of your existing facilities, when you invest and you invest in a new facility, like when you jump to your big building, Dwight, or right. there's an energy that's created and it winds up, you know, driving the overall organizational profitability. I've seen that. I think there's studies to show that. But I wondered, let me ask you guys, what what are you looking at this these numbers? You've just heard it for the first time. What is your gut reaction? Shoot me straight. Like, honestly, I want to go to you first, Trey. What do you say? Because I know in the past, I think you've had mixed emotions about it. No, I have always been a pro for that. 
if you're talking about it in a vacuum and you look at nothing, a linear, a linear progression of the investment from the number, yeah, it looks anemic, but that's not how things work. Especially like you said, you're at a place later on in your career where things are different for you. So there's intangibles and there's the ability to, to you're accelerating, you're getting off zero, you're going to gain momentum, and then this is going to gain velocity. So although you may take a step back, you'll take two steps forward long-term. So the mm -hmm. yield will do nothing but increase. And that's just one of these four ways to evaluate this investment. So I'm all for it from that standpoint, when I see that type of, you, know, you wouldn't do I know that. You, you would so, take that money and buy three other practices. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I would invest it differently, but that's because of me, but I I, I, that's how I would create my yield. My thoughts with regards to this is yes, there's going to be initial tightening on that yield that you're going to be looking at and it's going to stair step. You're going to see that the next component is of course clearly is going to be appreciation benefit but because you're later on in your career the the two biggies for me are a you must have some level of tax efficiency i mean these days the decisions for me making you know that was building, the last part of it Dwight, that right we were do, right 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 now the biggest components that hit me are it's not an abnormal for my tax strategist to call me and be like hey you better build another building before 2024 because that's when you're going to start paying more tax again you know, or things to that degree and later on so when you're looking at those are those are the two pieces where you do really well which is downside protection is massive for you you have a team that is ready to take on and is actually specifically very well built for a single location hospital right? So adding to that, it's less, I'm not saying that they're not capable of it, but it's less capable of jumping in and saying, I'm going to do, we're going to go buy three more locations. Like the influence that each individual has in your leadership team and all the way through your structure to add five plus benefit, you know, more square footage for some of the, the activities that you're doing to build on that team and that culture. It's all there. So that, that downside is there, but the tax efficiencies are the methodology for you to do the project. I mean, you can invest in other areas, but those are the two areas that I see works for you. I agree. Like, honestly, you get to a point where the yield becomes almost second. Well, yield is always important, right? But the tax efficiency standpoint of it for you to build, right? For you to spend for, and then be able to bonus depreciate cost seg, all the fancy things we talk about, right? And abate your tax bill is the same thing as yield. Yeah, well, to, if you look at it, you know, Randy always does that math, and you know, Randy tax. and real estate professionals are spoiled because the real estate professionals are used to accustomed to never paying tax. So it's guys like right. us. Are you, you classified know. as that? Yeah, I am classified I, as a real I, estate professional, believe it or not. Well, of course you are with your CPA, but uh, I am a real, we are. So my I, wife is a full-time real estate. My yep. CPA, God rest his soul, just passed away in, in April. I, I know, but you're. A real estate professional, I'm sorry for your loss. Oh. The real estate professional rule is 750 hours of active work yeah. in real estate. On my on my on my real estate portfolio. That's very that's very active. That's very yeah, active. but yeah, but okay. Hey, hey. So so I'm married to a real estate professional. So we filed jointly. So that's the hack on that for us. But um so but what I was saying is that like when Randy does the math. He always does something that pisses off the real estate people because Randy says, okay, well, if you put in 200 grand, but 35,000 of that, you would have had to pay the government. So right. what's the return on the investment for that 165? It juices the rate of return. It makes it a lot more compelling, but nevertheless, it's yeah, tax. It's so, funny because at a certain point, taxes become very real. If you're successful, it's a absolutely. very real problem you have to solve for. I Meaning think that's the thing that triggers 
your mo your motions. I mean, many, many times when you get to a certain level in your career, you're mostly making those decisions based on, whoa, 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 whoa I don't spend, I don't want to pay that much in tax. Right. I want to create more business. I want to, but that's a typical delineation, but this will, an operation of your size, especially if you're adding five more ops and adding $4.5 million and more debt and all these other things, it will create an environment that will circle to the front where you will have to create fractional ownership opportunities for your team at 7% or 5% to start or buying into this process or 2% or 2%, whatever. But the point is, is that it literally, you're creating something beautiful. You already have, you're adding to it. Then you have to create the opportunity for this business to grow beyond yourself. Well, listen, if there's ever going to be an opportunity to jump in as a partner, it would likely be if I was sitting there as an associate dentist in my practice, it would be now. Because with five operators coming online and projections, there's Hell a really yeah. there's a really steep growth curve. Whereas maybe in seven or eight years or ten years, yeah, maybe eight percent growth, but not like double digit growth. It's that inside information you were just yeah, talking about. Baseball. Hey, I know we're about to expand and yeah. grow, but I'm not going to get. It's like, like Nancy get, Pelosi kind of charged. Like, I'm not going to get charged. That, like we're going to invade Ukraine or something and buy short, you know, buying a whole bunch of Raytheon. Craig, I appreciate you letting us go through that. Here's here here's my point. I'm gonna land land my whole point of why I wanted to bring this up is that for so long in my career, I made decisions. And I talk about this a lot. I made I made emotional decisions, and I was right sometimes with the gut, and I was wrong sometimes with the gut. Probably wrong a lot more. Having a framework to evaluate it, and then having someone that's a confidant, right? I was able to kind of you know you were kind of able to use me, and I vice versa, and you know, and I would pick up the phone with Dwight and Trey. But being able to go through this with someone and kind of just evaluate it from where's my upside, where's my downside, where's the side, you know, what am I not seeing is just really valuable. So I encourage the people listening to a use a framework when you're evaluating something, whether that's, hey, do we need to hire an associate? Hey, do we need another assistant? Hey, do we need another location? Like make, don't just go with gut decisions, use data frameworks to do so. And on top of that, not everything that counts can be counted. That's one thing. So you all spoke to the, intrinsic benefit to me and me being social and wanting to be out of my home base. Yeah. But the other factor is this particular moment, we have a patient accommodation problem. So we're stacked where doctor teams complete. We got a you know, <clears throat> dozen doctors here, but a dozen doctors to feed everybody needs commensurate number of hygienists to feed them all. I don't know if that's one or 1 1.5 or two, but it's not 0.6 hygienists per doctor. You know, it's not that we know that because the hygienists, like a lot of our, a lot of our masterminders will say, I need more marketing. Well, great. When's the first time you can accommodate a new patient for a hygiene? Oh, well, four <laughs> months from now, then yeah. they don't need new, more marketing. Right. So, so hygiene to me is the, mm -hmm. the rate limiting step. So if those all five rooms are five hygienists, that would be freaking great with me. Be amazing. I, it'd be amazing. Kidding five full-time hygienists in five rooms, nothing else added, but that. Where, where is there more fertile ground than conversations in a hygiene room? Right. Period. 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 So, so yes. that's really the, the, really the, the compounding effect, because how do you measure that five ops? You know, how do you measure that? I'm, I'm not... I just think that the only thing I'd add to the bottom of the list here is, is as we look at these investment options, clearly this fits not only who Craig is, mm -hmm. but his clear vision and the team he has and all those things. But not everybody's making these decisions 
with an established team and a massive career and you know where he's going to dive into it. So I would just say, what's the alternative investment? What else would you put this kind of money in? Oh man, so that many look- for me, bro. Right, but that's, that's why I'm problem. asking you. That's I, oh, but that's, that's hold on. That's the reason why I'm in this pickle. Put a pin in this because I'm about to shift it to me. Okay, so I want to put a pin in this because Dwight, going back to, I know you're going to say acquisition could be or real estate or alternate investment. There's so many. I want you guys. Right I'm now. about to put up a PDF on the screen sure. of an, an acquisition I'm looking to make, and I had to simplify it because I had want to do a data room, right? So I did. I had to put just one sheet on there, and so I want to go through and have you guys ask questions um i'm not going to give you what the purchase price would be but like kind of going through another one at the end we realize it to you (laughs) (laughs) you mean i mean that when we went through the 150 million dollars oh wait a minute that's me motherfuckers (laughs) the the term sheet you're saying with you i'm joking that was great yeah all right so i'm gonna scribbling yeah i will i i wanted to protect the innocent white because obviously i'm under nda of this information and yeah, well, you better you better block still it legible other than a highlighter. <laughs> still very legible. No, it's still not legible. It is it. Yes, you need a new computer monitor. Yeah, no, I had to put my maybe not use up. yellow and red next time. Yeah, I am Try going black. to block it out with a highlighter. <laughs> Let me highlight. It. Yes, you can still see it. What a rookie! Crops the screen. Oh, uh, yeah, do the little black eyes thing. I don't know how to do that. Well, take it all right. The well, I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to post edit this and we're going to we're going to get someone to we're going to keep rolling with it, even though I just okay. showed my rookiness. I thought I was scribbling out with no, in post script. edit, we'll put over the thing, we'll put a black. That's what I'm saying. We're going to roll on because okay. I want to I want to use this. So don't do you have try to use the same color as the actual print. Hold on. Both of you guys were talking at the same time. Do you have something? I said try to use the same color as the actual print. Do you that would have been good? I think we beat the highlighter joke. That would have been good now. Let let me ask you: Do you have something where it shows percentages so we can? I look do at not. Okay. I do not. But you can okay. do quick math because look sure. right here. Look at the it's income. A, right, it's a million. It's, so it's everything is a million. Yeah, one point one essentially. Right. So you can almost just do quick math. All right. So don't say the name, even though you can read it. We're gonna we're yep. gonna get rid of this in post. The name. Okay. So go through this and go ahead and ask questions. Can I go first, please? Okay, so I'm presuming single doctor practice. Correct. Okay, so net profit $448,000. Will he be willing post-sale to work for free for you? No. As he works free for himself? No, the cost, so, okay, great. Okay, so if those of you listening, I'm showing kind of a just a basic-ass P&L where it's showing one year and then the trailing 12. And so essentially, we're looking at as a practice that does about $1.1 million dollars. The net profit it's showing is about 464, right? Because because it's single practice, like you're alluding to, Craig, right? The doctor's cost of labor is not included in that. So this is the fatal right. flaw that a lot of people do when they look at practice for evaluation is they're like, wait. So this would be what you could expect if you bought the practice and you became the free labor, you could expect the return of 464. <laughs> so the doctor, so great question, Craig. The doctor produces about 830 of this. Okay. Okay. So then we take 830 and what's the number we want to Dwight, what would you say a good cost of from post acquisition? What would you expect to pay? 25 to 30% of collections? Let's call 30%. I think that's Uh, fair. Yeah, the 30th, he's staying. It's him. He's staying. He is staying on and it is him. Okay. So 30% of. But 250. About 250. Okay. 
Right. So, so that's going to leave, you know, we look at all the other fluff, like we have a spouse on the payroll. There's probably some other fluff built in from an EBITDA perspective that we could back out and, and that are owner benefits that we could, we could back out of this. Right. Because, because I always say that the purpose of a PL for your tax standpoint is to make it look like you made as little money as possible. Right. The purpose of, of, of it when you're trying to look at EBITDA is make it look as much as possible because that's the, the direct benefit. So, so let's just, we'll keep it as the numbers. Okay. So 464 minus 250 leaves about 214, about $214,000 of entrepreneurial profit. Okay. Which yep. sounds great. Okay. So if, 21% if, revenue. if we're assuming that is our EBITDA, before I go into debt service and things like that, what would you guys think would be a fair, now this is a rural practice with, look at the advertising. They spend $500 a year in advertising. There's zero website. Okay. Tons of capacity. The real estate is for sale as well. Um, this is you're buying it for me. What buying yeah, it for you? For you? No, from me? From me? What do you mean? It's like your classic rural practice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So hey, Trey so feels we, like you're taking a page out of his book, is what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, well, Trey, you know I have rural practices. You right? do. I know. Okay. I know. All right. Just making sure. <clears throat> okay. So what would you guys expect? Get uh, a now good deal got, to a bad deal. I'd say a good deal is three or four times. Um, and then a do dollar loss. Don't do turns. Yeah, do sorry. Six thirty, six fifty is a really good six hundred, really good deal. And maybe a million is a bad deal. A million. So the range you would say is an acceptable good deal. You would move forward. Yeah, no, and, and also I want to point out the unique opportunity that you oh, have in that hold you on, have times, 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 times. Don't go there. Don't go there yet. Stop. Just tell me your range again of good deal. Okay, so really good deal. Let me just let me juice a little bit more. A really good deal, four hundred. No, come on, dude. Be reasonable. To yeah. no practice. Really upper end of really good deal, seven hundred. Okay, so five to seven, Dwight, four to seven. Dwight, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask you, and actually Trey or Dwight, go. Trey, Trey, why don't you take this as well? Uh, so, granted, this is the practice I'm looking for in every way. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to put this in my terms. I'd pay a hundred percent of revenue for this practice in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. wow. I wouldn't even question it. And I wouldn't hundred percent of gross revenue or net revenue. No of gross, gross revenue. Gross. I would pay a hundred percent of gross revenue and I would not negotiate it. So I would get it in front of Pete. It's still a good deal with, I will qualify that. I should have, I should have marked this out. Is I how many patients have. does he have? Oh, the, 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 4,500 actives. How many? Forty five hundred active in that's probably twenty four months, not eighteen. It's eighteen. It's eighteen. Oh yeah, I'm buying this all day, and I'd pay more than I'd pay more than hundred percent. Okay, all right. So let me get you the broker. No, so so Todd, Dwight, where are you on it? Obviously not, maybe not as aggressive. No, range would be six fifty to eight. Okay, okay. Uh, another caveat: he's willing to stay on for two years with uh, with anniversary club meaning so like if it, it so if it's yes thank you thank you how how old is he uh 57 eight, no 60 62 maybe yeah that's cool you can actually throw him some bonus stuff as well well okay so you were about to say greg and that i stopped you is i just wanted to keep the range and i think there's more fluff in this like i said i think there's more juice i think the actual normalized ebitda would probably be you know at this rate probably be in i think i calculated it right at about 235,000, right? That'd be the owner entrepreneurial profit. So, so now we take 235. And now what do you think debt service is going to be on, on that? 
Well, what's your purchase price, bud? It's going to be a little over 10 grand a month, assuming nothing down. All right. So nothing down. Let's assume an $800,000 purchase price. Okay. You are right, Trey. It's roughly about $9,100 a month. Okay. So, so what's nine, what's nine, let's just call it 10,000. All right. So 10,000 times 12 is going to be about $120,000 a year, a year, right? So we have our entrepreneurial private. I said at 235 minus 120 is the debt service, right? And so, so return after principal, after debt, right? will be about 115 K a month. I mean, a year, a year. Obviously, that's good. I mean, it's going to be a lot of hard work, right? Integration. So, one fifteen on what purchase price? I'm sorry, eight hundred. Eight hundred. Okay. Which would be about a four, right? Which I think is 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 probably so where it's the still deal better is. to do the seven percent deal. By the way, for that 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 guy that's getting his ass kicked. Well, come on, let's not get. Let's no, not. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. So twelve percent return, still great. But well, it's not. Yes, it's twelve percent return, but it's there's zero cash in this meaning I'm putting in zero cash in this. So there's a lot of leverage, right, yeah. from a debt. So, okay, so now is now you have to ask yourself, like I, st- I eventually, this practice I've been kind of to- ideating about for a while, Royal Town, can I do it? Is it worth the squeeze? And I was evaluating it based on just, okay, 115, 120 divided by 12. I mean, that's about $10,000 a month. That's a lot of lift, right? But then I talked to my banker who I, encourage everyone to have a great relationship with your banker. And if you don't, they are really your advocate and they're the ones that are going to help you determine safe leverage amounts, right? Because they're invested the same way you are, right? They don't want you failing. And so we kind of went through it and he's like, honestly, Pete, he's like, even if you made $0 on this, I would, meaning from a return after debt, I would still say you should do it. And Trey shaking his head because immediately that's where Trey's head went, right? Which where are you going with that all day, Trey? Unpack that for, for someone who may be like, what are you talking about? So first off, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface that with you and I have multiple locations. This is a wheelhouse in terms of rural and what you're doing. It already fits into the model. You have arbitrage in regards to the number, the EBITDA. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to make money now. It's a Craig. right off the bat, but down the road, he's invested in it. It will drive him forward over time. And that number will dramatically increase. The other issue here is patient flow of $4,500. I walk in and that a million dollar top line becomes much higher very, very quickly. So now your $0 on the get-go is no longer $0. You've just created much more revenue, much more profit. And how really much important. increase in enterprise value? Correct. Which is where, which is where I think you're going. That's the true arbitrage. That's right? the true arbitrage, right? So in this ecosystem, an acquisition four. We're saying four. I know that, like, I know, in, and because I've had obviously we've gone through my term sheets that Craig Craig uh, was saying. I know inside mine it's a ten, right? So there's there's arbitrage when you get to a critical mass. But let me explain that to everybody. I'm sorry, yeah, just to make sure people understand what you're saying. Meaning you're paying four times EBITDA for a practice that the second it's underneath your umbrella and your holding company with your other practices, it's worth 10 times EBITDA. That is the arbitrage, meaning the yeah, ROI. Right off the way, but yes, after integration, after after economies of scale, after some yes. blah, 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 right? Yes, it, it becomes that. And actually the economies of scale, I think there's more juice in that because there's economies of scale. When we say something like that, it means, hey, I could probably take some of these line items like this lab, 
I'm building a lab and maybe I can lower that lab for expenditure sure. down. Sure. These merchant supplies, right? Sorry, these merchant fees, he's probably not using merchant cost consulting like, you know, we do, right? We have kind of bare, you know, so there's, there's some squeeze and every, every dollar that you go in and save adds $10 of enterprise value to me under acquisition, right? So I guess we're all saying, I, I really genuinely wanted you guys to evaluate because sometimes I think I get caught in my own echo chamber. I'm like, eh, is this a good deal? And right, I went through kind of the same permutation Craig did of like, man, should I build this? Should I not build this? You know, and um, and so I appreciate you guys letting me go through this. I think it's a relatively clean practice, is, you know, generally speaking, like what we're talking about, but understanding the ROI at an enterprise level it's a slightly different conversation for a, this is my first practice. I'm jumping into it for the first time, or it's my second practice and I'm too far away from it. I've never purchased a secondary practice. My existing practice is great and I can't clone myself to be elsewhere. But generally speaking for your situation, it's, it's the same conversation as what I, we just had with Craig, which is like, this is completely, yep. completely your wheelhouse. And more importantly, yep. it's not only what you're comfortable with, it is what requires your enterprise to grow. Yeah. It's what I was built for. You're, you're exactly yeah. right. Yep. Yes. And it requires your ability to get up every day and say, great, I'm still moving in momentum forward. And so progress is going to be more important. And so same thing is going to happen to Craig. Now, you know, obviously the final question is, is comparatively speaking to other investment opportunities. When I, when Craig and I had this chat about his expansion a while back and was with Eric as well, it was that same conversation. It was like, what alternative investments could you put in and does that, are you in a place in your life where you could take on that load? You remember what it was like to mm. build a new building, to do that, to expand Great. it. Great. What, what do you personally want to be outputting again? Because Craig has enjoyed a life of not having to be in the office as frequently. It's going to take more of his interaction all, all of a sudden. Same thing for you, Pete. You and I have seen deals throughout the country and sometimes we're like, that's a little far. And then mm. how much am I going to grab somebody from my team and move them there for a certain amount of time? Those are the things that get slightly in the way. And so, you know, I'm intrigued both from that perspective. I don't know enough about this office to say, Hey, exactly. Where is it located? How does it it's about, it's a, yeah, it's about a hour and 10 minutes from my house. Right. So is it, on your way to, is it on your way to the lake house? It's the other way, Craig. So it's South, South. Yeah. And yeah. then, and so the same question goes to Craig, right? Like, are you in a place in your runway, like all the conversations we're having now are mid to latter 50% runway of your career decisions for both of you, right? Mm -hmm. Where are we going? How does this fit into my day-to-day -day personal life? And do I have the team where this is going to tackle it by itself? Or am I going to reintegrate myself? And is that something I want, right? Is that something, do I want more purpose in my own enterprise and my own organization to jump back into something? Or do I like what I'm doing right now and want to float through it and go down that road, right? Yeah, but like, kind of like Craig, I mean, Dwight, I loved everything you just said, but I kind of, you know, I said to Craig, I text him this, it's like our foot's on the gas or our foot's on the brake, but you got to pick one, yeah. right? There's really no thing, such thing as coasting. And so Craig's like, you know what, I'm going to do it because like, I cannot... I need to, I need to drink my own Kool-Aid kind of thing. I need, I need to live authentically with what I talk about. And, and he said, you need to innovate or you die kind of thing. And it's either foot on the yeah. gas or foot on the brake. And so for me, and Dwight, I don't yes. think I want it as much as I feel compelled that I have to do it, but you could, you could invest in multiple other things and develop that whole side of yourself. Craig, are you being pulled that? to it or pushed to it? You feel it's like? the definition of growth. It doesn't have to be linear in that fashion. Yeah, you could do other things with that too and still being 
growing as opposed to dying. I can tell you to answer that question, Pete, that you just asked, am I being Mm -hmm. pulled or pushed? I always use this as well. Like, is it a calling or is it something you have to do? The first time around was like being pulled to it. Right. Um, because what's different now, and I tell I tell this to you guys like offline a lot, you know, when you're startup mode, when you haven't really made it, you have an obligation to take 10 cents and try to make it into a dollar. And I think there's a certain point where money is just a way of keeping score once your basic needs are met. And there's, and I, and you know, like as Seneca said, not wanting something is as good as already having it. There's nothing I really want in my life. So there was a lot of desire for entrepreneurial freedom early. Now I have a dollar and I'd rather take a dollar and make a dollar 15 out of it versus 10 times it. So it feels a little bit more risky to me Mm -hmm. than the passive opportunities of investment that I have. There's been wonderful things, you know, it's amazing. You buy assets and you have them for 15 years and one day you wake up and they're paid for and they're producing cash. It's like crazy. What is that where I am right now? What is the bank requiring that you put in or they use it in your building? I'm not going to have to probably put a whole lot of cash down. The rate is okay. what's concerning. It's 7.2. Oh yeah. So that's, that's where my rate, is. my rate is actually, I got the quotes on it today. I didn't, I didn't bring that up. I just gave you the, the estimated monthly payment, but 10 year terms are looking at about 6.7. My banker, he sent me a list mm-hmm. uh, as I go down to a five year with a 10 year AM, it's about 6.5. So anywhere between, let's just call it six and a half percent, right? Yeah, um, that's a good rate. I mean, I don't know. Right when I talked to him like a week ago, is it like seven point two? I mean, uh, I want to I want to discuss what you just said, Craig. If you if you don't mind, I want to yeah, ask please. very clearly. So you said it's very specifically the rate. So if I told you that tomorrow you had associates in your practice that were going to buy thirty to forty percent of your practice and pay you cash on hand. million and you took that money and you loaned it to the business to build this out and you paid whatever rate you wanted to yourself and all that money was coming to you. Would that change the dynamic and the desire for you to expand your building? Meaning it's not going to a bank. It's going back to you. Let's say you're selling out a piece and you know, you're going to grow that enterprise even larger, almost like the pie is bigger. I'm just curious if it's really the rate. It's not really the rate. It's not. not (laughs) That was awesome, Dwight. Thank you. It's not the rate. At its core, it's a, there's some risk, there's risk involved in that type of a loan and that type of magnitude. And I'm just getting to a point where comfortable. I'm, I'm comfortable. comfortable, exactly right. It's out of my comfort zone. Dude, That's all it is. What, this, this could set your thermostat. Like you always say, this could set yeah. your thermostat a little too high and you like to be at 71 degrees. Yeah. Well, like and it's when not Craig the and I last talk, potential. Well, when yeah. Craig and I last talked about this and this was a while back, it was probably when we were in Cabo or I, I don't know where we were. But it was one of those conversations where no, it was in Park City. And it was one of those conversations where I asked him, I was like, yeah, but your other investments that you're putting into, you're sounding excited about this. You're talking, you're enjoying that. Not to oh, mention, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of yeah, it. Yeah. You're, you're developing relationships with other individuals that you really enjoyed that were outside of the realm of dentistry. And it was teaching you more on how to think as a, a businessman, alternative investment guy, all those other things. And that is also bringing good ROI to other yeah. individuals. You're coaching. And it's good for the doctors here. You know, you talk about right. contemplation of partnership. For the like, patient base. For the patient base, for the doctors. Yeah. Listen, I'm doing it. It's 100% committed. I committed, you know, over a month ago. I was just kind of airing. You know, I do that. I ruminate on things. I'm like, is this really good? I want to pressure test again. But like, you should this. do that, yeah. right? Because you're not just like live. <sighs> You should ruminate on it. Yeah, you. Sh- that's exactly right, Trey. It's the it's your own internal diligence, and you should just be like, oh, whatever. Let's just see what happens, right? 
Yeah, I've done that's that, that. Those are the people that unfortunately get go go bankrupt. Uh, go bankrupt, rather. Okay. Um. Cool. Any closing thoughts on this? I'm going to go to something fun, and then we'll wrap because we're at 55. I was hell bound to determined to make this under an hour, but whatever. Not a chance. Um. Any any closing thoughts on anything we kind of talked about, and then I'm going to go to something fun. No. No. That's good, no. man. That was good. That was good. Thank you, and thank you for for going through that. I'll be under contract by the end of the day. I'm just kidding. Ah. I already wrote his name down. <laughs> You're <laughs> Damn it, that'd be great. We don't care if it's on the other side oh of the world. If you next week asking the tray, what happened? If Nothing. that happens, honestly, I'll just be like, God, I respect the hustle. Like, yeah, yeah do it. Do it. Do it. All right. So do you guys um so you guys are are you guys fans of like Huberman, Andrew Huberman? And, I like him. And yep. Atia and like right and like yeah, and, reading a Taya's new book or Tia's new book, Outlive. Yeah, it's it that's it's supposed to be book. unbelievable, by the way. Apparently it's pretty big, pretty big though. But it but it's it's pretty 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 I'm, awesome. I'm not I'm not reading it, I'm listening to it. Listening Sorry, to it. Audible. Sorry. I'm full All right, so there's this reading, um, that's what I mean. So like Greg, you always you have a you have a thing that's like success leaves clues, right? And so I found this website. Um let me let me present real quick here. Oh, I need to stop this screen and go with another one second. Okay, here we go. So this is called um, this is called <clears throat> routines, routine.clubs, okay? And so it's talking about, you know, Andrew Huberman and this guy who I listen on, follow on Twitter, Andrew Wilkinson, right? And so it just shows you like their routine. And it's like for people who want to be like, hey, can you just like show me like this? You've already done the research. You've already done the heavy lifting. Can you just kind of show me what you're doing through the day? Because like that would be a lot easier. And and there's some genius behind this. But so let's I'm gonna click on let's click on since you've mentioned yeah, let's click on his routine. So what he's what they've done is they've unpacked his daily routine, the tools and tips for longevity and health span, because that's what he's known for, right? And then Craig, so it, here's it's hyperlinked to his book. Oh, whoops, sorry, you guys. I should have made this a little bit. I put it in our chat, by the way, the, the book itself. Uh, there we go. All right. It had the four screens. So the book's there, right, with obviously an attribution link. Scroll down. So Peter wakes up at 4 o'clock. Oh, and all these images were generated with MidJourney, which is just an AI. So basically, like, didn't this guy who made this site didn't, didn't, didn't get pictures of Peter. It just said, hey, show me a picture of Peter waking up, right, on MidJourney. It's an AI, AI image creator. And so it's 4 a.m. and it goes through all this stuff, right? But then it talks about, but look in here. Biosphere. I don't you're showing us that. You're showing the one screen. Uh, really? We're okay, just so seeing the, the original. Rolling. Let me try yeah. again, guys. Let me try don't again. Don't be a rookie, what a, Pete. What a rookie. I just thought I was happy important. I got to return that. No, that, hey, you know what? It's, uh, oh, that's why, Dwight, because it opened on another screen. Now are you seeing it scroll? Right. Yeah, okay. perfect. Thank you. All right. Because it opened in a new window, and I'm looking at the window. Okay, so yeah. let me um, let me explore the routine, and then let me go back to this. So now you're still not looking at it. Correct. Yep. The the uh, um, okay. So now I've got it. Sorry about this. Now I'm going to show you kind of his routine. So here here you have his daily routine. It's optimized for for longevity, quality of life, and health span. So people who are interested in that. So this guy made. Like I said, this guy made a website and he put pictures and, and used Midjourney just to create the art, right? So now you can see the art. So at 4 a.m. it says Peter wakes up, kind of thing, and he has the quotes that are got that are that are derived from all the podcasts he's been on. 
here, here, there's a link to, Hey, I drink. And the first thing I do in the morning is I replenish with biosteel sports hydration, right? Instant monetization from Peter. Second Amazing. thing is I go into mounted. So there's all these links of like 10% hat, all these things, morning meditation. Here's the supplements I take my athletic greens, right? Where I'm sure there's an attribution link for anyone who looks at that. Peter gets credit for it, like magnesium. In it. So it's cool. Here's why I thought this was cool on a lot of levels. Cause sometimes when I, when I hear, hear people do stuff, I'm like, man, can you just like, I don't want to hear like the 22 podcast to kind of formulate this together. Can you just show me the nuts of what you do? Right. Like that Ryan Johnson guy, you guys have seen him, like he's spending millions yeah, of dollars. Biohacker. Reverse. Yeah. Biohack. Like, can you just kind of really show me, okay, you're talking about all this, but what do you really do? And so I thought this was just really cool, right. And so it goes through the whole day, breakfast, what you eat, proteins, fasting, deep work. And it's, it's great because like I said, that he's such a, such a, has such an audience that like, this will be another revenue source for him as people are like, okay, cool. I'll click on this. I'll buy this. And every time you click and buy, you get attribution. He gets attribution. Yeah, that's great. That's I, was thinking, I was like, dentistry needs this, right? Like maybe not, maybe not to the degree of like this famous influencer, like Peter, but like Dwight, I would love to see like, you know, like, what are you, what are you into right now? What do you, what are you doing with your day? Like, well, how are you spending your primary time? You know? And like, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe it seemed like a good idea to mention this, that dentistry needs this, but like, but Peter's not relevant to me. Yes. He's relevant to me on, on a health side, but I would like to see someone who's in my space, like what they're doing, who's thriving. Right. Yeah. Because part of the problem sometimes is you look at these influencers and you say, well, yeah, if I was getting paid that much to be an influencer, maybe my day would look like I could spend an hour drinking right. my cup of coffee and right. meditating for an hour and a half and do, right. you know, and so a lot of people would love that paralleling is, well, I'm also a dentist. I'd love to see how that dentist actually can clinically practice and create this world or I'm um, a you know dental entrepreneur or whatever it is. You go down that road because I think that's the difficult thing is recognizing that some people are making choices, but it's very parallel to the life that they're able to live. And I think that's the hardest thing. Right? And it's just like anything else. I think like, you know, I mentioned it at summit and stuff, like a lot of things you're not learning there you're just auditing kind of you're getting exposed to it you're maybe you're auditing what you're doing how you can improve yeah. and i think this is a great example of like how you can kind of take take information and be like you know what like i just need to modify x y and z so i don't know i don't know if someone wants to create this dentistry i think it'd be super cool <laughs> super cool that's an ask please well, yeah. well it'd be it'd be neat you know and maybe that's maybe that's too much of a hyper niche audience, right? Like maybe there's not the, the sweeping distribution like you're going to have on, you know, for Peter or, or Huberman lab or something like that, but it's a good, I think it's a concept that there could be a derivative for us in dentistry, whether it's, whether we do it on Bulletproof or, or there's some other, you know, maybe a Chris, Christian coachman, like what's his day look like? What's he doing? Right. Cause I see him on Instagram doing fitness and I see him involved in business, you know, I don't know. Something yeah, like, or like, what does your business look like at zero to a million, one to two, two to five, five to 10 in alignment of the bulletproof pathway, for example, yeah, or something yeah. to that degree. And you align it and say, cause how many times do we go to a conference or something like you said, and you're auditing what you're doing and what maybe you skipped or what's next to add on. And the timing is right for that. And it's like, am I supposed to hire an HR director? Cause I'm sick and tired of these claims, right? Well, no, that might be an emotional response to something that you're way too small for an agent. You see what I'm saying? Like, these are the things that, you know, the timing of that practicality, that's when we get in our emotional way of building a business. But I love that. Yeah. That's well, pretty and cool. You can tie it. You can tie it not just to the aspect of the business, but 
how, what does your lifestyle look like? Yes. Building yeah, like, from zero to five. Even more just so, yeah. business, right? The family, the, the spinning of all the plate, right? The fitness, all right. the plates you're spinning throughout the day. Like what's someone else doing? Like, so I can be like, Hey, that's a great idea. You know, like, you know, it's, and that's kind of the beauty of a mastermind getting together, you know, whether, whether it's like Randy's talk about, but not the mastermind and bulletproof, but just any mastermind we're getting around like-minded individuals, you're finding out like tips and tricks and, you know, pearls and things to enhance the quality of your life. Full stop. For sure. All right. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to tell you guys is, is you guys, these pods, I'm almost done with this project. I am making a custom bulletproof GPT vector database. I like, what, vector. I like that word. It is. So I have taken almost every podcast now transcribed and loaded into a large, into a language model, like a large language model. LLM. So it's basically a customized GPT. So you can go in there and say, Hey, can you explain to me the, the bulletproof hybrid compensation model? And it'll, it'll answer the question based on all the data and all the stuff we've created. PDFs we've created, the book we've created, you know, these podcasts, right? And so I'm looking, it's really, it's actually, you know, my test of it's been, it's kind of been kind of a pet project and I wanted to have it launched before Summit, but, you know, my, uh, that's a lift. Like, uh, yeah, it's a lift. It's a lift, but it's, you know, mainly it's been waiting on the transcription, which is, you know, 300 podcasts is no joke to get done. So it's just this, oh, it's this corpus of data that is just like insane, but it's going to be, it's going to be neat. So I can't wait to kind of share this with you guys. And uh, yeah, that could be something that we either post on the website or give to the mastermind or I don't know who, what we're going to do, but, but really cool. Wow. Really cool. And you guys, you guys are obviously the reason I'm bringing this up mm -hmm. is that you guys are actually have impacted some of that, that language model because you've been involved in so many pods. So I think that's the purpose cool. of the pod is to gather so much data from so many people. I mean, all the speed, all the individuals you've had on this podcast and to throw it all into one, mm -hmm. match, like, Clearly, that is the best way to be able to kind of pull together mindsets and say, all right, my type of practice, how can I grow it? I mean, yeah, that sounds that's exciting. I mean, that's yeah, the kind that's of neat. thing I would search too. I mean, Joe, yeah. you know, you said test yourself, audit yourself. Why not audit that? I mean, and Dwight, go down it's so funny you say that. I was actually thinking, and I was like, yeah, I'm making this for everyone, but like, I kind of want to use it for my own, like almost like we just went through that, that PL for the practice. Like, I kind of want to, like, a sounding board without having to like text you guys. What do you think of this? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So That's anyway, awesome. if you guys don't have anything else, any other updates, anything, we will wrap this at 107. And it looks like That's I've got really some good. work to do. I've got a got a I've got to black out that name so Trey doesn't Trey doesn't go. <laughs> Trey's I got a speed dial ready to hit go. <laughs> All right. That was Thanks, fun, guys. guys. That, that was, was real fun. fun. All right. Absolutely. Good to see you guys. Well done. See you guys. Thanks. See you guys.